Kia ora, good morning and welcome into the show. It is SENZ, Izzy and Kempi for breakfast at four past six on your Tuesday morning. Coming up this uh, this morning on the show, Sione Farmawina is going to join us, a former warrior, and uh, he's got a new project that uh, we're going to speak to him about uh, around seven o'clock and get his take on a few issues, some of those that we'll cover off in Triple threat shortly as well. Uh, also, Jeff Parks, he's a, a Kiwi living in Australia. Uh, he's a rugby writer over there. We'll get his take on Hamish McLennan and the fallout at Rugby Australia and uh, where to next and, and, and how are Rugby Australia actually placed. Uh, Jeff will be able to fill us in on all that. And Niall Williams Guthrie as well. She uh, is flip flopping between sports. It's happening. She's gone. To, she's gone from rugby as it should do to news and uh, to NRLW. Trailblazer. Now, now back to rugby. So we will talk to her as well uh, after she uh, signed with the Blues. Uh, that news coming out yesterday. That is all coming up for you on Izzy and Kempi for breakfast. Kempi, how are you, brother? Oh, I'm a little bit sore today, mate. You standing uh, up? Yeah, I am. I'm like. The knees are a little bit uh, pakaru. The uh, especially my right one, the one that I had all that drama with the old four operations on, is starting to starting to feel a little bit worn and torn. And I don't know, mate. I I I've been heading up to as you know up to the north and doing some work on the farm up there. But I, I I've got this issue where when you're lifting things, you know, like and I know that I'm not meant to be lifting because I've got a compressed disc in my back. Mm-hmm. But that pulling exercise. Where you where you pulling up something off the ground and you're lifting, must push down on my disc, yep. and I end up with the. I know I know it. I go. I shouldn't really not lift that, but you know I've got to move that from there to there, and I've got this unusual one in my back at the moment. It feels like it's inside my hip. I've had a bone graft on my hip before, so I don't know whether it's that, but it's in a different spot in my back. So that's been lingering now over a week. Um, and yeah, it's starting to starting to get on my nerves a bit. So I, I just thought I'd get on my feet this morning, um, as to opposed get to, to the sitting osteo, down. Mate. Get you to the yeah, osteo. Yeah, yeah. Well, you're dead right. I, oh, mate, I've tried it all. Yeah. Like, again, you know, the the thing with um, having that that 14 year rugby league career and and all those injuries was is that now I've uh, I've been to basically every witch doctor, you know, chiropractor, osteopath. Um, person in New Zealand to uh, to try and get some relief um, in and around some of these injuries. So, uh, look, if you know of someone, if you know someone who's really good, fascia. I tried the fascia massage. Yeah, I thought it was really good. Um, actually, had a had a girl down in Fongamata that used to do that, and one out at Muruai too, who was very good before she stopped doing it. Um, but yeah, there's 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 lots of lots of uh, alternative. Um, remedies out there but if anyone knows of anyone out there I'm actually looking for someone at the moment who can uh, sort of manipulate and uh, correct some I guess some crooked some crookedness in me at the moment especially my back because what's happened with my knees Rick is that my new knee yeah. is straight and my right knee which was a what they call a um, osonomy basically where they bent my leg back out made me look like um you know, Don Quixote, because yeah. I had knock knees like Izzy, uh, didn't work. So exactly the same operation as, as Izzy's and didn't work, and it, and it became a nightmare, absolute nightmare. And at the moment, it feels like I've got two knees in there, um, which uh, I hope to have sorted out come next winter. So uh, reason I'm standing up, 
yeah, just to just to stretch out a little bit, have a bit of a stretch while I'm here this morning, and and you know get uh, get get rid of some of that that aching aching. What do you call that? Ache and pain. Well, pain, living with pain, mate, is part of your life at the moment. Yeah, I hear you, mate. A guy, uh, osteo guy called uh, Philip Metric, uh, he's based over in Glenfield, been to him a few times. He's, yep. he's magic, mate. I've had frozen shoulders, frozen neck, lower back issues, all that, mm. sorts it out. He does acupuncture yep. and then hooks the needles up to a TENS machine. That's right. And yeah, then, I used to get that done in, in Newcastle, actually, yeah. by, by Godfrey Wong, mm-hmm. um, who's quite famous at Newcastle for all the footballers. And then, uh, yeah, puts everything back into place, mate. He's he's fixed me multiple I'll times. I'll get his number off you. Yeah, used to work, uh, used to do a bit of work for the New Zealand Olympic weightlifting team and stuff like that, so he used no, to they, work with big bodies pain. as well, so, you mm. know, which is good, mate. He's good. He's good. All right, let's get into this. Let's get into the triple threat. Round one, fight. News came out yesterday officially that all uh, six uh, rugby federations in Australia had called on Hamish McLennan to step down as the CEO. He has done so. I guess the question now is, and we'll get more on this from Jeff Parks after eight, who wins out of this? Who do you think is in a is the biggest winner out of Hamish McLennan going? Is it Rugby Australia or is it the NRL? Oh... Well, I just I think he picked a fight with the with the NRL that he just could never win. Mm. You know, like the NRL, are, it's the NRL or Ferrari, and they're in a mini. Yeah. Put it that way. You know, it's just, there's no no comparison whatsoever. So that's a lay down uh, bazaar that one with 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 the NRL not really giving two hoots about McLennan because he was a flea compared to anything else that they they deal with. Um, I, and I, but I do think when that when you ask that question around who are the winners, I actually think Grassroots Australia are the winner if they can get it right. And and what I'm hearing about Dan Herbert, who's got the chairmanship in there, and we'll, and we'll talk to our mate about that when he comes on. Are they actually going to go back and get rid of this private school mentality and rugby union, which is just no longer relevant? You know, and one of the things about rugby union is it is private school mentality. Yeah. And I think for Australians um, especially, they need to get out of that and get into public public uh, space, public schools, and make it more open to all kids uh, playing that sport. Because at the moment, I would say that rugby union is irrelevant in Australian sport. Cricket, NRL, AFL, um, soccer. Basketball. Basketball and netball are way ahead of a, of a country that has won two World Cups. And in saying two World Cups, I reckon if you asked any Australian walking down the street how many World Cups has Australian Rugby Union won, one, they wouldn't know um, the answer, but two, they wouldn't even know what Rugby Union is. It's funny you say that because I years ago I was, in, uh, I was working in a different radio station and it was the comedy festival. And so we had like different people from around the world come in, like different comedians, and we interviewed a bunch of them. And there was a guy from South Australia, right? So and he came over, and I think we we were running late for his interview because, and I don't remember who, but we had an All Black on, and so it held us up. And then we got to him and said, "Oh, you know, da da da," and said, "Sorry, you know, da da." This guy, uh, you know, is All Black, and he was like, "What's an All Black?" Yeah, and I was like, "What?" And he's like, "What's an all black?" I was like, "Oh, you know rugby." He goes, "Oh, I've heard of it." And goes, and I said, "Well, that's the New Zealand rugby team." And then got to it. He didn't know that there was a difference between rugby league and rugby union, or that there were two separate sports. Like he was completely clueless. Yeah, and I actually think that 
is where it is again. You know, like when you're talking about rugby, I think what people think about is the NRL because of the 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 advertising and the and the hype and the glam and glitz around it. So. Uh, is it good for Australian rugby union? Hell yeah, I think it is. I yeah. think McLennan gone. Uh, I think he, I think he just picked two bigger fights that he could never win. Round two. Uh, you'll enjoy this, Kempi. I know you will. Uh, Roy Keane, former Manchester United <laughs> captain. Uh, now he was doing a video uh, for I think it was for whoever's got the Premier League rights uh, on Sky Sports. Uh, something called Stick to Football that he does. And it was him and Ian Wright, and they, they went through the 11 red cards of his career. And at, at one point, uh, there was one where he got sent off for an uh, for elbowing former Liverpool team, uh, f- former Liverpool player Jason McAteer, who was a, a teammate at Ireland. And he got asked about it, and he said, look, to be fair, he deserved it. I wouldn't go as far as calling him... Uh, teammate, just because you, you just because you play with somebody doesn't mean you're mates. Um, do you know what? What used to get me is players who shout their mouths off. I don't mind lads kicking me and booting me, honestly. But McAteer, as usual, had plenty to say for himself. I didn't deserve to be sent off in that game. Absolutely not. If you look back on it, I didn't even catch him. So he said that McAteer has now come out and fired shots, called Keeney Clown, and challenged him to a fight. Um, so that got me thinking. Dean Lonigan's across it. Well, exactly. Yeah, it's, it's got five fly written all over it. But I mean, have you got a former teammate that you'd love to clip? Oh, even now, Tim Brasher. Yeah, like not not a teammate, an opponent. I'd I'd love to like give him an absolute toweling, um, just because he's got a big mouth and made up a heap of lies about me and a friend of mine. Um, I, I look there. You you do agree, like. And I was probably one of these teammates as well. There are teammates that you don't like and you don't get on, yep. get, get on with. But it, it's irrelevant when it when the whistle goes and you've got to go out there and play together for eighty minutes and try and win football games. And and I've seen, you know, the biggest the biggest one that and I was a part of it was the Toad and Nico and the Richie Blackmore mm. saga. You know, couldn't get on. Uh, we're best mates, couldn't get on. Yet when we went out there and I was stuck between them, I had Toad on the inside and Richie on my outside, and just destroyed football teams together for that 80 minutes, but then went off and, and went their separate ways after the game, you know, like, um, it does happen, it does happen, uh, but yeah, as far as my own teammates, no, nah, I would never do that. Um, opponents, oh mate, thousands. <laughs> thousands, all right. Round three. Now, this is something we've talked about on the show before, Kempe, in fact, mm. it came out... Uh, probably during the Rugby World Cup as the, as the Kiwis were getting ready for the Pacific Championship, uh, about Madge McGuire being potentially offered the New South Wales job and whether or not he could do that and coach the Kiwis. Because stories come out of Australia now that uh, there is pressure from a group of, a powerful group of ex-players, powerful apparently, um, on New Zealand Rugby League and CEO Greg Peters to get rid of McGuire and either have Nathan Kalis or Stacey Jones uh, in the job. Apparently, the Peters said there's a board meeting scheduled in the next few weeks. It'll either be this week or next week, he said. It'll all come down to the board meeting as to whether or not they keep Maguire. And I, I, I get that they're, they're I hope a, not. I, yeah, but I get they're in a difficult position now because he's just beaten the Kangaroos 30-0. So yeah. if they'd lost the final, this decision's a hell of a lot easier. But where you're sitting now, January 1st, 2024, 
Is Michael Maguire the Kiwis coach? I don't think he is if he's a New South Wales coach. And this isn't a... I've said this from day one when we said this on breakfast and you know everyone sort of jumped on the bandwagon. Now, I've read all of the the socials over the last few days about you know this powerful group of ex-players that are trying to oust um, Madge Maguire. They're not trying to oust Madge Maguire. What they what what has been said, and we I made this point really clear because it's really funny. You know, people saying, "Oh, you know, disgruntled Tony Kemp's the one who started this garbage." And now it's got nothing to do with Madge. It, what it is is it's about if you're basically looking at pathways. What New Zealand and this is where people don't understand rugby league in this country. New Zealand is a pathway into an Australian system. Now that's fine because it gives players careers, but it should never be when you're when you're um, representing the black jersey, and especially in a battle at the moment to retain a Kiwi heart, the pinnacle to or a, or a stepping stone to re, to reach an Australian jersey. And if you look at it at the moment, like, and I'm not just talking about New Zealand, but Pacific Nation teams, they go into the NRL, they have a choice to, and this is why they keep tiered systems, to go back and play tier two, but then go into origin and eventually go and play for Australia. And we can talk about a number of players like that, Payne Haas, um, the centre from Brisbane, you know, your Jerome Luais, the, the, the Crichtons, all sorts of different players that have gone and done that. And what we've got, with this Madge situation is now we've got Madge saying, well, I coached the Kiwis, but I want to go back and coach New South Wales. Now, for me, and I don't know who the group of you know, boys here yesterday said, are you part of the, the, um, <laughs> the, the powerful group of players? Like, hey, fellas, Breakfast talked about this two weeks ago. You know, this isn't, this isn't news. We were actually the ones to break that, that situation. The, the situation with it is that I hope there is a bunch of Kiwi captains that are saying we need a Kiwi in the coaching role. And the reason why we need that is because it's good for New Zealand. I don't think, it, the, personally, the logic says, I don't think Madge, one, will be allowed to coach both, not because of New Zealand saying, yes, our board meeting said we want you as coach. But I don't think New South Wales will allow him to do it because it's too big. Like People say, oh, no, it's only three games. Well, it's not three games. He's got to set up the, the junior structures. He's got to watch all of those games. He's got a pathway into camps. He's then got to get him into camp. It's actually a full-time role. Um, so is he is he going to a board meeting and are a, are a bunch of guys on the board of NZRL who have no idea about rugby league deciding whether or not to keep this guy as the coach? I think the history, um, you sort of has been forgotten and guys would love Madge to stay there because all they're really interested in is rubbing shoulders with Fisher-Harris and Jerome Hughes. They're not actually interested in what a what a, a, a structure could do for the New Zealand because the biggest problem we have in this country is coaches who aren't being coached. And a New Zealand coach that sits inside a New Zealand structure that goes out and coaches our coaches around the country, helps our kids understand that the black jersey is the pinnacle. Now, you can't you can't tell me that a New South Wales coach is going to do that for you because the pathway from a New South Wales jersey is to where so kangaroos is an Australian jersey, so it isn't a shot at Madge Maguire. It is a shot at the NZRL for deciding to put someone in this position when they haven't actually explored the likes of a Nathan Kalis and a Stacey Jones, um, and a, and a structure around them that could actually get the Kiwis back to where they where they uh, originally were, which was wanting to wear a black jersey. 
At the moment, our battle is how many of our kids are we going to lose to the Australian system, not just Australian jerseys, New South Wales and Queensland. We need them in black jerseys. Yep. And I think that a Kiwi coach is, is, is critical to getting that done.